on today's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. Over the last 23 years, we have more breast cancer, more hormonal issues, more sickness, more things ever in history, yet we have more availability to healthcare, doctors, nurses, natural things, um, everything in history, and people keep getting sicker because the understanding of hormones and health in general has been very skewed. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. I am your host, Courtney Swan. If you're new here, Real Foodology is something that I created 11 years ago when I was getting my master's of science in nutrition and integrative health. At the time, it was just a food blog where I was posting recipes and really just an outlet to share everything that I was learning about health, wellness, nutrition, food, the food industry, and really just how to take care of your body. There is so much information out there about being healthy and about diets and what to eat and what not to eat. And I have really sought out to hopefully make it easier on you and help you navigate really what truly means to be healthy and what to eat so that you can feel good in your body and thrive. That's the ultimate goal, right? I have come a long way from those early blogging days. In fact, I don't even really blog anymore. I spend most of my time on Instagram and then here, of course, on this podcast. And I love it. I get to interview amazing people and I learn so much from all these incredible guests that I have on the podcast, including today's guest, who is Dr. Patrick Flynn. He's the founder of The Wellness Way, which is a network of health restoration clinics that think and act differently to solve the health challenges others can't. So these are clinics where people can go and get more alternative and modern, updated healthcare. I talk a lot about this on the podcast. The way that we do healthcare in this country is really uh, sick care. Our doctors are not trained to manage all the chronic diseases and conditions that we are now facing in this modern world. And that is why there's been this explosion of more alternative doctors, like functional and integrative doctors, who are approaching it in a different way, uh, helping people get to the bottom, the root cause of their chronic diseases. This is what I loved so much about my conversation today with Dr. Flynn is that he really gets it. He practices preventative root cause care. He's really helping people dive into their issues and get to the bottom of why they are dealing with them. This man is so knowledgeable. We mostly talked about women's hormones. We talked a little bit about men's, but we more specifically focused on women's because that really is his specialty. And I know I've had a lot of conversations lately with different doctors about women's hormones, but a lot of what he said today, I had never heard before. And I loved his analogies. He really is a great teacher, a great educator, because he really helps you understand the nuances of everything going on in the body, more specifically, everything having to do with hormones. I learned today that estrogen is actually not a hormone, and if that makes you curious as much as it did me and confused, I would definitely encourage you to listen because I was shocked by that. Uh, we also talk about how stress is directly affecting your hormones, especially women's hormones, and we really dive into how women are trying to force themselves into working in a man's world and really how our bodies just work differently than men and we need to lean into our strengths and learn how to work better for ourselves, not based on what works for men, but actually what works for women. I found this conversation so empowering. I learned so much, and I really hope that you enjoy the episode. As always, if you are loving the podcast and could take a second to rate and review it, it helps me so much, and I really appreciate your support. With that, let's get into the episode. I hope you love it. Something that I've really been working on in my own health lately is my sleep. 
This is something that I struggled with for a really long time. I was not consistent with my bedtimes. One night I would go to bed at 11 p.m. Another night I would go to bed at 2 a.m. And I just got to a point where it really wasn't serving me. And obviously I was exhausted during the day. It was affecting my work and my productivity. So the ways that I've been helping to support my sleep and get better sleep are plugging in my phone an hour before I even start getting ready for bed. That way I'm not on a screen. I can allow my body to start relaxing. And then I also take Zen from Cured, which is an amazing supplement that helps support my body and helps me get relaxed and ready for bed. It contains a blend of reishi mushroom, ashwagandha, chamomile, passionflower, and broad-spectrum CBD. There's no melatonin in here. I know a lot of people want to avoid melatonin because it makes them groggy in the morning. It has things like, I said, reishi and magnesium and CBD and ashwagandha, passionflower. These all kind of help calm the mind and reduce anxiety to get ready for sleep. The thing that really drew me to Cured is that they are, they take their CBD very seriously. You can go online and look at all the lab reports. They test all their products. They show exactly how much CBD is in there. So you know you're getting a really good high quality product. And they also use organic ingredients, which if you know me at all, and even listening to the podcast, you know that organic is really important to me and it should be important to us all. Also, if you really want to up the ante, get their raw CBN. This is their nighttime hemp oil. And I take that in combination with the Zen and woo, it has really been helping me sleep. If you guys want to try Cured today, go to curednutrition.com. That's C-U-R-E-D nutrition.com. And you're going to get 20% off when you use code RealFoodology. You know, one of my missions with Real Foodology has always been to make eating healthier, more convenient and cost-effective. I know eating healthy and getting the right nutrients in can be annoying. It can also be time-consuming and expensive. Organic veggies are pretty expensive sometimes and not always convenient to shop for. So one of the ways that I'm able to support my health is by drinking Organifi every day. I personally like to do their organic green juice and the organic red juice together. I combine them. It's so simple. There's no longer having to shop for vegetables and clean out a juicer every day. You just put a scoop of each in water. I mix them together. I love the taste together. They're organic. They're also glyphosate residue free, so you're not getting the carcinogenic herbicide in there. And it's just super convenient. It also, the reds really uh, make them taste better when you put them together. Also, if you subscribe and save, you can get them as low as $1.98 per day per tub. So make sure you go to Organifi.com slash Real Foodology and use code Real Foodology and you're going to save 20%. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. So I wanted to dive in, first of all, you, before we started recording, you were talking about your wellness clinics and I want to hear a little bit more about those. Are they, um, you said they're all over the world. Are they mainly focused on hormones or do you guys kind of cover everything? No, we cover everything. And it starts from just my own simple story of being a sick kid that led me to become a doc. And then of course the hormone thing got so popular due to the fact that my wife's story. Now the wife's story was quite simple before I was even a doc. Um, she had major hormonal issues and she was seeing very good doctors of all kinds from medical to OB to natural, um, even a chiropractor, even taking supplements. And she was still had major hormonal issues of endometriosis. She also had ulcerative colitis and cystic acne and cluster headaches. And uh, she was told she could never have children. And so what ended up happening was now at this time, we were only dating for like two weeks. And she wanted me, she wanted me to know that, that very quickly because I wanted a big family. And so interesting part was when they told her she couldn't have kids, it didn't make sense to me with my background and my education, which we'll get into a little bit. 
But the idea is this, is I proved them wrong because I just knew what they were telling their both the medical and natural people had it wrong. And of course, now we have four kids today. Well, the things I figured out in order to help her, us to have babies, um, having four daughters, um, led me to realize that females are very misled and they don't have a great understanding of their own hormones. But on top of it, actually, no joke, the sad part, and I'm really, I'm really saddened by this because I still see it today. They're actually sometimes lied to and thinking what they're told, and it leads to such devastation to females in general. And people say, Doc, how can you say that? Well, remember, if you think of it this way, I've been in practice for 23 years and once again, I have thousands of docs and done things like that. And, and here's my point is the fact that going over the last 23 years, we have more breast cancer and more hormonal issues, more sickness, more things ever in history. Yet we have more availability to healthcare, doctors, nurses, natural things, um, everything in history and people keep getting sicker because the understanding of hormones and health in general has been very skewed. Yeah. So walk me through that. Where, what have we gotten wrong? What, what did you discover in this journey with your wife that, um, that showed you that what we were doing in the standard medical, uh, care and the way that we treat hormones, like what were we doing wrong or what are we Um, doing wrong? I think this is the most significant thing and we could do, uh, we could do an eight hour seminar just this alone. Okay. Um, now, now obviously uh, I know yourself quite well. I know your background and everything like that. Uh, just very simple. Okay. Are you married? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> oh wait, do you, have, do, you, do you have do you have a fiance or boyfriend? I don't know, but oh, we're, okay. we're calling him in. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. No, the reason I bring that up, I always like to ask a woman that really simply. I said yeah. because here's what happens. Um, from a hormone standpoint, men are dominated by different hormones than women. Okay, we know that. And so, if I were to ask you about a fiance or a husband you want to have someday, you want that guy to have a very strong hormone. And which hormone do you think that is? Because it dictates his life. That's right. We know that. See, it's it's very simple yeah. for us to understand that. Now, as a woman, once again, I want a very healthy, vibrant, very great woman that way. And there's a major hormone that actually dominates women. And what do you think that is? So I think people think it's estrogen, but I'm yes, going to guess is. that it's progesterone. It is estrogen? Nope, it's estrogen. It is estrogen. Oh, okay. okay. But what if I taught you? And this may surprise you because you're very well educated. You have a wonderful podcast. You have I saw your material. It's fantastic. Because um, we have kind of the same background in nutrition. Yeah. Before I went to my doctorate that way. But I want you to think about this. What if I told you that you've been lied to and hormone estrogen is not a hormone? Yeah, that's wild. Mm-hmm. I mean, how? How? And I'll prove it to you. <laughs> and I'll prove it to you. See, like I said, you're like, well, Doc, I'm a woman. I'm like, and, and it's this. Yeah, exactly. And that's the <gasps> biggest thing. And so all of you guys listening right now, if you've been told estrogen is a hormone, I know you have don't know how to take care of your hormones. And on top of it, I know that you've been misled. And it's why later in life, you will be worried about breast cancer and all these other female conditions. One out of three couples have a problem with infertility. Breast cancer is all-time high. Interbuter is all-time high. PCOS all-time high. All these conditions. And it's because we don't have the simplest understanding that estrogen is not a hormone. Estrogen is a term that represents many hormones. That's why the term estrogen isn't really a term. It's called estrogens, but on top estrogens actually represent many of them. Now, I can understand this. Now, I apologize because I, even though I've, I've listened to your podcast, I've searched out your stuff. I don't know how old you are. Okay. May I ask oh, that? Do you okay with that? Yeah. How I'm 37. Okay. Now watch this. You're a 37-year-old woman that has a wonderful education, wonderful podcast, and I will tell you this. I probably can guarantee you that you want to live a healthy, vibrant life. You're trying to share it with your audience, probably mainly female, and I guarantee that you've probably never had all of your estrogens tested. I'm not sure. So that's Let me pro- prove it to you. probably means no. Let me yeah. prove it to you. So have you had blood and urine done together and had all 10 of them measured? Probably not. I have, but again, I don't think that we did all of it because I think I would have known. You would have. Because here's what happens. You have to do blood and urine 
work at the same time, okay, to encompass all of them. But here's what happens to this. Is, and on top of it, they should teach you how many you have and what can be done with them. Because the idea of what happens with the most women is the fact that they, in the medical field, even the natural field, they'll measure like one or two. Yet, how can we make the physical and mental judgments on the woman, their health conditions, or anything in their future with having an incomplete picture of their hormonal health? And what are we going to do? Guess yeah. with it? Yeah. And so what I did was I realized, so my wife had endometriosis, which is more of an estrogen dominant condition and they measured her estradiol which is one of the major cyclic hormones and most women even know that but what about the other ones and hers was normal so it's very confusing to the medical and natural I encompass them both because they don't neither one of them measure them and then i measured all of them i even called the largest lab in the world and said can we measure them they said yes why because insurance doesn't pay for them and i'm like i don't care about what insurance pays for i have a very sick individual it was a girlfriend fiance eventually wife and I said, listen, we need to have these measured. And when I did, I found out the specific ones that were abnormal. And it started to reverse those processes. And of course, our individuals were reversed. And now, of course, we have the children we have. And then I started applying some most basic hormonal health principles to women from all things from cancers to diabetes, everything that way. And of course, then saw those things start to reverse and then started to find all those things that disrupt those hormones. So that simple understanding right there of ladies, if you're 22 right now, 37, 57, do you understand that if these estrogens get abnormal, you'll end up cancer. You'll end up cancer. And there's things that you can do and other hormonal issues that can go on. But I always find it so surprising that, that practitioners, doctors of all kinds were never taught how to properly evaluate a woman, yet they want to make so many hormonal judgments from foods to natural things to medical things without having a complete picture because here's what happens this. I guarantee you've heard this. Cruciferous vegetables are good for estrogens. That's not true. That's only if one of the estrogens are off. What about the other nine? That's really interesting. Because, you know, mm -hmm. I had an issue. Um, I, I'm finally, I think I'm at a point where I'm pretty, like, hormonally balanced. But when I was younger, um, I went through a period of time where, you know, I went vegetarian. That really messed up my hormones. And I talk about yeah, this a lot. And then I had really horrible cystic acne and yep. I just like everything was all over the place. And one of the things that I was suggested to take was dim and it actually made me way worse. Yep. Because it'll drain a certain hormone that's protective because if that pathway is normal, adding dim to it that way, you'll stimulate that pathway and then you'll drain an estrogen even more and you cause another one to go elevated. And see, that's the, that's why the natural world. And so I do want to, just for listeners purposes and, and because once again, to, to, to understand this process, um, can you tell me the number one symptom of breast cancer that you're developing at? High estrogen. Yes, but there is no symptomatology. Oh. Okay. And so in women, so you just said something to me that I want to actually bring to listeners. You said, I believe my hormonal health is pretty good. And I'm like, wait, wait, unless you've looked at a lab and saw all of your 10 estrogens is normal, you can't tell me that you believe it because you're just based on how you feel. Well, and I will tell you beyond a shadow of doubt that women are not supposed to feel normal through the month because their hormones fluctuate through the month. So the reason why I said I think mm -hmm. I had we not been having this conversation and you brought to my attention that I may mm -hmm. have not tested all my hormones, I would have yep. said that they were in balance because I actually just went in two weeks ago. I see an integrative yep. doctor and we did a full hormonal panel. Yep. But now I'm like, wait, did we check everything? So as, was it blood or urine? It was blood, but we also did so urine. But I don't. Yeah, I still. I, I'd have to actually look at the lab work. But again, yep. even if we did that, she didn't explain all that to me. Right. Right, which know. I think is so important. Um, it's so important to uh, um, understand that because that's another thing. We need to teach our women, once again, the hormonal aspect that happens to them because, believe it or not, 
some simple changes in hormones, there's things that the body will give you clues that's off and go to the lab tested and you can actually start to work on those things so there's no problem later in life. Yeah. This is fascinating. So yeah. for women listening that are like, okay, wait, 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 like wh- where do I get started if I'm, if I have some sort of hormonal imbalance, yeah. what tests do I ask for? Simple. And I'll even give it to you so you can actually, um, um, think about it. I'll send you a simple blood panel because the blood panel is just aim, aim, labs are not specific to doctors. Let me say it again. Um, if your state allows, which once again, you could be anything from a functional medicine practitioner to an OB, the gynecologist, to a chiropractor, to a podiatrist, and you can run any labs as long as your state allows it. Now, nice thing in the United States, it's pretty common. But the idea of this is there's just some blood work you need to get done. I can actually send that to you and you can even post it on the podcast as an attachment. It's just simple blood work. But then what happens, there's, there's, there's two major labs, but obviously I like the Dutch. The Dutch is a, an amazing test. It's an estrogen metabolism. It's a hormone metabolism test that way. Simple urine test. You can go to dutch.com. You can go to anywhere. You can go to any practitioner. You can go else way and get it that way. Um, and then you run those labs synergistically on the same days. And then what happens is when they come back, you can now see them because remember, there's some hormones that you can only find in the blood. There's some hormones you can only find in the urine. And see, when that's why when people say, well, doc, I just had blood done. Great. You have some. Doc, I just had urine done. Great. You have some. But once again, when these hormones can dictate a woman's physical and psychological life, I'm not making choices either medically or naturally because as you saw before, I'm happy you know this. If you give a, that's when people say, doc, uh, supplements can't hurt you. I'm like, what world are you living in? Because they can hurt you. If you get, remember, anything that your body doesn't need is actually called a toxin. For example, um, with our backgrounds, now, once again, I have my favorite foods. Hopefully, I get to share that with you today. But I can honestly tell you, just look at simple cruciferous. If you look at broccoli, we can study it. Obviously, there's high-dense nutrient in it. But we can general, unless there's an allergic reaction to it that way, we can generalize that a bowl of broccoli is probably good for most people. Now, not everybody, because people do have allergies to it, but that is this. If we give them 10 bowls of broccoli, what happens? They're going to puke, because their body will reject uh, an overconsumption, a, a toxic level, which is an, an abundance that can't use, can't store, and can't uh, um, change, and so you'll get rid of it that way. So that's why when people take in high concentration and dim, it can be like, oh my goodness, you can force a pathway, your body will reject it, and it'll be a bad day. Yeah, it was wild. It really did mess me up. And there was another yep. one too, Vitex, that is mm-hmm. often, or also known as Chasteberry. Yes. Chasteberry. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that is given to a lot of women having hormonal issues. But I really, looking back, I wish that I had had the insight to just ask them to actually test my hormones because we were just yes. shooting in the dark. Yep. And, you know, I learned very quickly that that affected me negatively. And so I needed yes. to actually understand what was really going on. So what are all these these different hormones under like classified under estrogen that we don't normally talk about and that women don't okay. know about? So let's look at this. Look at the two major ones. Okay. You look at estradiol and estrone. Estradiol is mainly focused on the medical field or natural field because it's actually a dominant cyclic hormone. If you're menopausal, it's estrone. Okay. Now, what happens is this now. Hormones now are produced by certain tissues, then they go to different parts of the body and they're converted. They're metabolized from one form to another. And remember, a, a hormone is a fat-soluble molecule. That's why this concept of metabolism is not actually about weight. It's about conversion. Well, doc, an adipose tissue is a fat-soluble molecule. Yes, that's why I tell people, if you have any excess weight, you have hormonal problems. You say, doc, how can you say that? Because if you can't metabolize, convert adipose to water, you're not going to be able to convert hormones to water. And that's why, if you know, so BC is one of the biggest contributors to actually determine if you have breast cancer later in life. All right? Mm-hmm. See, it's when you understand physiology and biochemistry and how it all works. It's quite simple. So now what happens is then you have other major hormones. For example, um, the medical field and even natural field says things like this. 
there's bad estrogens and there's good estrogens. Well, that makes no sense because all the estrogens have a normal physiological genetic response that you're supposed to do in order to live a very healthy, vital life. But for example, if there is a 4-OH hydroxyesterone that gets elevated, it's known, now I said elevated, because a normal level will maintain and, and, and keep your breast tissue beautifully. It also help with other things psychologically that way. But if it gets elevated, its job is to actually increase the metastasis and growth of certain cells. And of course, that happens to affect the breast tissue. So if that gets elevated, there's some DNA damage, there's some oxidative stress that happens, and guess what happens? Now it can lead to breast cancer. Now what they do, they don't realize that when they demonize all estrogens, they actually don't realize that an estrogen like 2-methylhydroxyesterone is actually very protective of the breast. So it even counteracts, everybody's so big into progesterone, which progesterone is a very good estrogen um, um, controller, but they're like 2-methylesterone and estriol can actually uh, protect the breast tissue from actually metastasizing. So to, to give a woman that has had breast cancer as a standard of an aromatase inhibitor, which is trying to inhibit all estrogens, makes no physiological sense. Zero. And the reason why, and your body doesn't overproduce hormones. I, I, I laugh when people say, well, doc, I, I have estrogen positive breast cancer because my body makes too much estrogen. It doesn't make too much estrogen. Your body doesn't do that. It's actually impossible unless you have a tumor. Okay. But what it does is if you got to look at all these conversions from one form to another, and, and I want you to think about this. Your ovaries and your adrenals and your fat tissue will make a certain amount of hormone. And then it, it kind of like goes into a big tub. And then you have many drains that convert it to either use it or get out. Well, if those drains are deficient, so you can be deficient in certain nutrients, or you can be toxic, which can plug a drain, to now that the tub overflows, your body didn't produce too much hormone. It's the fact that you are not metabolizing them, converting them, going down the drains to different forms, which can now lead to elevated processes, which now can lead to a lot of hormonal problems from cancers to infertility to menopausal problems, hot flashes to all these psychological problems, because once again, there is not normal function within the body. Yeah. I mean, that's actually fascinating. I love that perspective. And it really does, um, you know, it just comes back to anything if it's imbalanced, can cause us to be sick, you know, no matter yes. what it is, we can have too much of anything. And if your body's yep. not working correctly, then it's going to cause that imbalance, which is then, you know, that's when you start seeing all these side effects. Yeah. And so, I think, um, I think women, once again, and it talks about this, I think when you look at some of the conversion processes, most women are very deficient in their specific nutrients they need. And they're very toxic with too much sugar. Yeah. Well, that was going to be my next question. So what are the things that women are doing these days that are contributing to these hormone imbalances and causing us yeah. to not be able to metabolize and yep. Well, if you look at if you look at this, let's let's start here. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put some big pictures out there, then we'll get into the specifics. Okay. Um, the number one thing that throws off women's hormones is mental stress. I can prove that scientifically. It's the most dominant thing that will make a woman sick by far. Okay. Um, but then second of all, if we look at some of the hormonal things that way, if you come back to some of those things of production and conversion, remember that's very important for a woman's liver in, in small intestine, large intestine, there's conversion aspects there, but the majority is actually in your liver. And I want you to think about this. I really want you to think about this is if a woman's liver gets fatty and, and you got to remember, uh, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is very common in women. That's why if you have any kind of weight gain, because well, here's what happens, too much consumption of sugar, your body's got to store it as triglycerides in different forms. It's going to first go in the liver. But when that happens now, now there's an interference with the conversion processes that way. And that's why obese women usually end up with some major poor health condition because they have to put a fatty liver. Then what happens is this. Now it actually becomes very evident when it happens with their nutrient deficient. Okay. And 
this is where I don't gain a lot of friends on here. Uh, but if you understand nutrition at all, uh, and when I was writing my thesis uh, for things that when it came to nutrition is I want to study being a vegan and veganism and stuff of that. And it's actually a cultural thing. It's not a health thing. It doesn't have any of our history. And that's why I tell people when I see a person, uh, I still have never in my career, and once again, and I have enough experience, that way, I've never seen in my career ever a healthy vegan, ever, ever in my life. Okay. Same. But then on top of it, here's what happens this. The greatest superfood that we overlook because everybody's just because medicine has taught people new technologies, new stuff like this. Honestly, do you really think we survived for thousands of years because we found the acai berry in Brazil that no other culture, no other place in the world had until we got shipping? Or all these superfoods, I'm sitting there laughing, I'm going, well, it's only in Africa, or it's only in Brazil, or it's only in the United States, only in Russia, going, do you think we survived as a culture because we couldn't ship or didn't travel that way? Uh, the greatest superfood, and still the most, and, and I'll go back to even my college years of all my nutrition books. And things like that, and I guarantee you've experienced this too, is they're still the greatest superfood. The most dense nutrient foods on the planet are still organ meats. There's yes. nothing better. And yes. most women will not eat liver, will not eat heart, will not eat kid or not eat liver, or, or, or ovary. I literally was looking today because I have some raw, good lamb testicle coming in. And in our show, we're going to actually, all of us guys and a bunch of, the, I actually have some therapists in town here that are fans of ours. And we're going to eat some raw testicle. You say, I'm, and you think I'm joking, I'm not. Now, people are not, a lot of people are not going to eat organ meats, so you can encapsulate them. You can actually get some glandulars that way, get some good raw organic glandulars that way. There's wonderful ways of doing it. But those, and because remember, there is, most vegetables do not have vitamins. That's one thing I kind of laugh about. They're pro-vitamins. Your body has to convert them. Well, ladies, if you actually have fatty liver, it's even hard to convert your, your nutrition from one form to the other. We look at fat-soluble vitamins. There is no fat-soluble vitamins in vegetables. Well, Doc, I get my vitamin A from carrots. No, you don't. You get beta carotene. That's not retinol. You need you an organ meat. You have to convert it. And once again, we just talk about this. Most women have a hard time even converting their hormones. Talk about talk about converting their vitamins, their provitamins to their 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 usable form. Provitamins are not usable forms. Yeah. See, if you ever think about like vegetables, vegetables maybe have some enzymes, but there's actually no higher food that has enzyme than liver and stuff. So that's why I kind of laugh. I'm kind of going. So I, I, I look at the things that we talk about restoring hormonal health. Uh, women need those things and stuff like that. And, um, especially both men and women. But there's, there's your big superfood that generations, we can go to every culture across every person from Indians to, to go live in Europe, to go back to China, go everywhere. Organ meats have been in our history since the beginning of time. It really has. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you brought that up. And you're right. I think a lot of people listening will probably go, ooh. I mean, I, yep. I have a hard time with it as well. I've eaten it a few times. And I, I if I'm being honest, I have a hard time even getting it down. But the capsules are great. I take beef liver capsules. And you can. there's a ton of different companies now that are making organ meat capsules. And yep. actually, there's also yeah. a company called Force of Nature that I buy my ground beef from. And they yeah. add in organs and heart and a bunch of different yeah. organ meats so that it you can yeah. you don't even taste it. Yep. So, you know, what's really interesting that you just brought up um, how stress really affects women and their hormones. And I think it's yep. so interesting. There are actual clinical studies that show that when women go vegetarian, they struggle more with depression and anxiety. Yep. And it, that must be why. Well, the number one reason why they do is because they lack B vitamins, especially thiamine, especially B1. Okay. And, and here's what happens if you think of this way is that's why you ever see people say, well, doc, I'm a vegan and I get my B vitamins through a supplement. So that means if your supplement didn't exist, 
you would be majorly deficient in your nutrients. Absolutely. So you can't tell me that that's the way the body's created. You can't. I, I can, I can, I can disprove all that stuff on there. And I know, I know people have animal issues and things like that. I'm cool with that. Okay. Yeah. Um, but remember, my job isn't to worry about, you know, Fluffy the cat, not drinking the cat. I don't uh, do that, but <laughs> it's actually to make sure that you're healthy. And I'm sorry. Fluffy doesn't mean that much to me if you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be unhealthy because Fluffy doesn't have to go through your infertility. Okay. Um, now over exaggerating my aspect, don't eat the cat. There's other great things to eat. Yeah, like yeah guys, it's but a joke. <laughs> it's a joke, I know, but you know, the Doc Magic said eat cats. No, I did not. Okay. But the idea is this is, um, see, when you look at the, the aspect of stress, and we're going to come back to your comment about progesterone, hormones convert from one form to another. And it's very important to understand that progesterone is not an end stage hormone. It, it, it balances out your estrogens and stuff like that. But what I want you to do is this. Um, um, I want you to think about Think about the fact that progesterone can convert to our cortisol and our cortisone. So if a woman is mentally stressed on a regular basis or inflammatory for a regular basis, the progesterone is going to convert to survive those stressors and it can deplete it. And so therefore, I've been very, in 23 years of doing this stuff, I've been very, and I have a huge hormonal seminar that uh, tries to really get men and everybody to understand that, that men are not affected by mental stress the way women are. Testosterone is not dependent on a conversion of, of progesterone, um, or it doesn't even affect it. So that's why our cortisol. So therefore, stress does not affect us like it affects women. It'll literally drain their progesterone. That sets them up for a lot of major diseases because progesterone is very significant on its ability to actually negate some of those metastasizing effects that sometimes the other estrogens can't. So I don't want women to end up sick. So I'm saying, guys, number one, because when I, when I, when I speak in front of big crowds, I had a huge crowd on Friday for my hormone connection seminar. And I say this all the time. I said, ladies, who stresses out more, men or women? They always say women. But who causes women all stress? And everybody yells men. Okay. <laughs> well, there is some truth to that. Okay. So yeah. I'm trying to get men to realize don't stress out a woman because you can literally make them sick. And then they sit and think about going, that's true. That's true. And, um, so I think I'm the first guy in the world to go stop stressing out women. But the sad part is our culture is stressing out women, trying to get them to keep up on things that their body doesn't meant to be. And I'm sorry, I'm, my job is, as a doc is to set women up to live a very healthy, vibrant life. And you're not meant to exercise the way they tell you to. You're not meant to have the mental stress you are that way. You're not a guy. You're not, you're not supposed to handle that. Vice versa, there's wonderful, beautiful things that a woman does that a guy should never try and a guy can't do. I say, I knowing the biology of both men and women and dealing with it every single day and teaching doctors all over the world of all professions from medical to natural, everything that way, I'm like going, man, I'm fascinated by the female body, what it can do. Men can't do it. It'll never happen. I don't care how many surgeries you have. It just can't do it. Um, and that's why I still, after 23 years, just am obsessed with bringing information to people so they can make the best and live their best life. Yeah. You know, and I really, I love this conversation. I had yep. a, a woman's, a, a female women hormone doctor on my podcast yep. kind of recently, Alyssa Vitti. Do you, okay. Are you familiar with her work? Um, she nope. wrote the Women Code, Women Code and uh, Flow in Your Living. But basically... She talked about how what we're doing right now for women is actually a disservice because we are forcing women in the workforce and we are expecting them to work and act the same way as men do when we have a completely different circadian rhythm than men do. Because of our hormones, our hormones change on a weekly basis, whereas men are consistent across the board for a month. And what's happening is that now women are getting burnt out, we're majorly stressed out, and now we're having hormonal imbalances like we're talking about because our progesterone's being blown out um, to create that cortisol. And it almost feels like we can't even talk about this because then you have, you know, women's rights 
um, people getting really upset about this. And I want to be very clear. Obviously, we want women to have the same equal rights as men. But we need to be honest about the way that we're trying to fit women into a men's world. And instead, we need to make it work for us to our advantage. And that means that we have to do things a little bit differently than men. And that's fine. But that's going to give us that advantage when we lean into what biology designed for us to do. Yes. And that's the thing. And if you actually, you know, I think... I think this is different for me that way. Being a man teaching people how amazing what the female body can do, man, it's fascinating. You know, guys are pretty simple. Our bodies are pretty simple. Man, but the stuff that a woman's body can do, man, if I was a woman, I'd just be obsessed with that and understand the beauty behind it. You know, Sam? And, yeah, um, it's amazing. It is. It's, it's, I mean, do you understand the complexity and the things that happen just in a female cycle through the month that way? That should fascinate people. That really should. You know, Sam? And it's like, um, and I'm, and I'm, I've been addicted to it for a long time because I was like, oh my goodness. And the sad part is you're not teaching women. And then, then it's like, then on top of it, they're trying to culturally keep up with a, a man's drive and desire. And it's virtually impossible. It's virtually impossible. You know, it's like this. And I will say this and I'll make it very distinct. And no one has proved me wrong on this because it's very scientific. Um, this concept that a cyclic woman can have the same sex drive as a man is biologically impossible. Uh, but culturally, they're trying to say women can be just as sexual as men. It's impossible. It's virtually impossible because the fluctuation of hormones, there's times during the month when a woman can have a very nice sex drive. And there's times actually they have no sex drive and they're healthy as can be. So the concept of actually doing that, and people say, well, doc, and I will, t- I will show you two groups of women that have incredibly sex drives all through their month. And yes, what happens? They're going to end up with cancer or some major illness if they do. If you look at women that suffer from PCOS, um, you look at women that suffer some major testosterone dominant conditions. Um, guess what happens? You're right. They can have sex drive all through the month. I can show you testosterone levels in lab as high as could be. They'll tell you that they have more of a sex drive than their husband through the month that way. And I can give you a perfect example of my nurse practitioner who's been working for me for seven plus years. And she came in for PCOS and Durham and all the doctors are like, Oh, no, it's normal. I sat with her and her husband and said, listen, said to her, said to her husband, said, listen, once we get her body back to normal, you're going to hate me. And he's like, why? I said, because her sex drive is going to go back to normal and she's not going to have sex every day. And he's like, doc, don't do this to me. I'm like, like right, no. but you, you can't have kids right now. So I think, what do you want to choose? And they're on. Yeah. And when her physiology balanced back out, because remember her testosterone levels, her estrogen levels are going to change through the month. So she's not going to have the same sexual desires. But that lady, that means that you psychologically cannot be the same through the month. Actually, and I've, and I've mapped this out so well, a woman's hormones change about four times in the month. That means, guys, when you marry a woman, you really marry four different women. And you just got to figure out who you get home to every week. Yeah. Well, and I think in the past when we talked about this, it's so vilified. But actually, I find it so empowering. You know, like it's Mm – as women, we should know this and we should lean into it and and lean into our strengths and know – when there's like, you know, certain times of the month that we are designed to be more of, you know, hustler mm-hmm. and we have that sex drive and we can do harder workouts. And then there are times of the month where we need to listen to our bodies and we actually need to lean in and yep. and be more, you know, relaxed and not feel like we're having to hustle yep. and do things so, uh, you know, like a man. Yep. Well, on top of it, here's what happens. If you look at what estrogens do psychologically to a woman, and you look at testosterone does to a man, it's a man mentally. Because remember, and I want you to categorize this, uh, and being a woman, you understand this. If you think about there's physical and psychological things that hormones do, all right? 
Well, obviously, the biology of a man, biology of a woman, testosterone levels are dramatically different. So their drive, their sex drive, their their muscle development, everything is dramatically different. And you can even, now watch this, you can even say, well, I'm going to take a testosterone shot for a woman and give them man levels. Guess what happens? Their body will change like a man. It really will. But here's where the genes actually play its role. The minute you stop taking that hormone, where does it bring your hormones back to? Female-based levels. I have a little focus and productivity hack. Are you guys ready for it? It's really simple and it takes about two seconds to take back. Not only does it help with my focus and productivity, but it also helps with my stress, which is almost unheard of, especially if you are a caffeine drinker like myself and then end up in a jittery panic attack after drinking too much of it. Okay, my hack is called Magic Mind. And all it is is a little matcha shot that also has adaptogens and nootropics in it that are scientifically backed to help with cognitive function and focus. The matcha also gives you a little bit of caffeine. It has L-theanine in there, which helps to reduce stress and anxiety. The adaptogenic mushrooms help to turn on your brain so you're more focused and your neurons are firing. And there's other things in there like choline, which help oxygenate the brain. I refer to this little bottle as my natural Adderall, and I truly could not get through my day without it. They have given me a code to share with you guys for 20% off if you go to magicmind.co and use code REALFOODOLOGY. You're going to save 20%. I hope you guys love it. The problem here is that a lot of people do not realize that they are literally eating themselves to death. Like there needs to be more education around what truly means to be healthy. And there needs to be education about what sugar really does to us and what, you know, all these foods that we're eating, the processed foods and everything, there needs to be real education on how it's actually affecting people's health. Because we're at this weird place right now where no one wants anything regulated, which again, like I agree with you because at what point then do we, where do we stop and where do we draw the line? But then at the same time, if we're not going to have regulation, then we need to have actual proper education. But what's happening is that there's so, there's massive ad budgets behind these huge corporations and they they're completely confusing the public on what it means to be healthy. I think the pandemic did a wonderful job to show everything that we've been saying for 30 years, because I started this in college, is when I was in college, and you know this too, your books are sponsored by the yep. dairy industry. Uh, we see this all the time. Doctors themselves, their education, all medical education comes from pharmaceutical drug companies. There is no good doctoring anymore. There is not, okay? Yeah. It's whoever has the biggest bill that fits all the stuff for it that way, even nutrition. I mean, when I was in school, they actually taught you the high fructose corn syrup is good for you. You oh, say, God. and, um, and that, that corn is good for you and stuff. And, um, it, it, I got, I got criticized my first couple of years in practice because I was, I told people the USDA food pyramid is a business thing. It's not a food thing. And they said, well, doc, you know, you disagree with the USDA food pyramid. I said, yes, because if you eat like it, you'll eventually look like it. Oh my God. Yes. Well, and I've True. heard too, like you just, you want to flip it actually. And it's the well, opposite. Actually, well, actually if it was up to me, no one would ever touch a grain. Yeah. And stuff like that because there's a lot of grains a lot of grains are anti-nutrients we got to start t- teaching people that there's there's and that's why when people are so big into certain plant-based stuff there's major plant-based things that are anti-nutrients they'll absorb and actually attach to some of your major nutrients um but for people to realize that gliatin is actually a anti-nutrient it binds to certain things and you could even eat it and it'll bind within your intestinal tract and not only irritate your intestinal tract but it'll actually pull it out you know, that's why I kind of giggle when people are trying to say that, uh, that, you know, certain vegetables that people have to be careful with and stuff like that because they're anti-nutrients. What is gliatin? Is that what you said? Gliatin is the protein within wheat. Oh, See, people okay. don't realize gluten is a general term. 
Okay, but there's different there's different glutens in each one. There's gluten in rice. There's gluten in other things that way, and um, and so what happens is gluten is a specific protein that's in wheat and stuff, and that's an anti nutrient. So it's not only an irritant to the GI tract; it actually binds to certain nutrients and pulls them out. It's like phytic acid. You know, what I'm saying phytic acid is an anti nutrient. It can bind to certain things. And there's certain foods that have high phytic acid in, and when when it's actually properly processed. Now that's why if you ever look. That's why even raw people kind of drive me nuts a little bit because raw vegetables, uh, once again, actually, um, if you want to prepare certain, so if you want to be a vegan, um, it can be done, but boy, you better be a master at foods because you have to basically ferment everything. Yes. You have to, you have to ferment everything. Uh, because fermentation will get rid of some of those anti-nutrients. Let's have a look at our history of food. It was so prepared. Do you understand that most of the things that we ever did in green form were actually in tea form? They weren't eaten. So a salad a day can really hurt you and stuff like that, especially if, for example, um, if it's too much cruciferous and things like that. And once again, um, one of my favorite vegetables is cauliflower. But once again, it's steamed. You know what I'm saying? I don't want people eating raw. And this is a whole nother discussion. We could probably go oh, on a whole podcast about alone. But, um, but yeah. once again, if you ever look at the preparation of food, especially greens, remember, they're always soaked. Because Chinese medicine did a wonderful job of actually figuring stuff out way before it was even really scientific. But um, most foods were prepared in a, in a form, in a tea form, that way, in a liquid form. And it got rid of a lot. Because remember, um, as a human being or an animal, they can fight you off. A plant can't. So there are certain phytochemicals that, that allow, that we're not sensitive to because we're not meant to eat them. But a bird will spit out a seed. Why? Because of certain irritants and enzymes that actually hurts them and they get rid of it. That's how you keep your species going. Okay, so that's why when people eat too many plants and seeds and things like that, I'm like going, no, that was meant for animals for us to eat so we can eat them. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for someone listening that is like, okay, well, where, what do I eat then? Because I get this question all the time and there is this movement right now in the carnivore. I'm very curious to know, to hear Uh, what you have to say. Yeah. Yeah, In the carnivore movement where they're like, no vegetables, greens are bullshit and all this stuff. So where do we kind of find the middle ground? Because I'm with you. That makes I no agree. sense. Because yeah. remember, I'm a big lab person. Okay, remember this. So if you want to understand, Dr. Flynn said this. Well, you know why I can say this? Because I will pre and post test you and see all your physiology change and anything can be tested for. That's what made me my mark in having you know offices all over the world trained thousands of doctors. And the material I put up makes a lot of sense because I can pre and post test you. I'm a big data form. I'm a big scientist. I love, I, I, I love doing this stuff. So let's go here, okay? Because I want you to think about this. All right, let's even go back to this. Um, if you look at the healthiest vegetables in the history, okay, how were they prepared and maintained? Because I we mean, didn't have refrigeration. Yeah, so fermented, right? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So if you look at all the carnivore people saying that vegetables are bullshit, um, sorry, because I know that doc and stuff like that. <laughs> and, that um, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. Yes, and he's, he's fantastic. I think he's a wonderful guy um, and stuff like that. And um, I love I love a bunch. So he says, but here's what happens: this. If you look at the history of what we had, once again, when you preserve a food or you want to actually extract its greatest nutrients, it had to be fermented, it had to be cooked, it had to be soaked. That's why if you ever look at talking about ancient grains, they're soaked, they're things like that, and it it removes a lot of those things that he is saying is bullshit. Okay. Um, and so therefore it's all, I would rather have him say that, listen, there's a certain preparation that's needed. Now, once again, um, if you look at your vegetables, you look at certain uh, things, there's enzymatic processes that you want to get because they are very bioavailable. Um, and so that's why when you look at, so am I, am I ever going to eat, you know, 
many raw vegetables. Not really. Okay. Uh, um, I will tell you tonight though, I will have, I, I will tell you this, I have this on a daily basis. Raw fermented sauerkraut. Okay. And I'm not, cause I'm not allergic to cabbage. I think that right there is a, is a baseline. If you just got a diabetic person to do that alone before they even had all their crap, you would see their blood sugar drop some because the, the, the insoluble and unsoluble fiber would capture some of those things. It would actually cause our microbiome to grow a bunch, produce more B vitamins. And that's where you can get a lot of B vitamins from. But then on top of it, following that, I'm moving into my heart, kidney, and liver. Okay. Now let me give you an example. If you look at the structure of muscle meats, muscle meats, once again, they're not, they're basically sugar with a nitrogen base. That's why if you ever look at weightlifters that eat all these high protein with very little fat or very little organs, their blood urea nitrogen, their BUN elevates like crazy. You see these weightlifters, they still have bellies because they just convert. You can't consume that much protein. And convert that into a fat solid molecule or actually even, and so it converts to sugar very quickly. So they end up actually having massive blood sugar levels, even though they have big muscles. And on top of it, their blood urea nitrogen levels are psychotically off the chart because it's all muscle meats. And once again, and you're not converting that to organs and, and actually tissue really quickly because it's basically you have to break it down, breaks down the sugar. And your body just says, okay, too much sugar spikes it up that way. And that's why you see a lot of these I said, do you ever look at these weightlifters? Look at their bellies. They're huge and stuff of that because they're yeah. pure sugar. Uh, so that's why this lean, that's why people go carnivore and they take seven pounds of bacon or actually six tenderloins or five hamburgers. And I'm like going, oh man, you're just eating a, just a quicker, a uh-huh. slower form of sugar. And that's why they have all these metabolic diseases, even though they're actually dominating in quote carnivore. What you need to do is you need to balance it out with some muscle meat or some organ meats. And if you want to have a muscle meat, but I would set up my GI tract first. I would look at, once again, here's what I would do. Okay. If you think of it this way, I would set my whole digestive tract up first with actually a fruit. And you know what fruit I would set it up with? Berries? Nope. I would set up with apple oh, okay. in the form of what? In a, what's the fermented form? Um, oh, apple cider vinegar. Thank you. Apple will crush your blood sugar and make you, if you, an apple a day will make you diabetic. Okay. Apple fermented actually sets up your whole GI tract from a standpoint of your stomach to your intestines, to your microflora in your mouth that way. And then what I do is I actually put now next either my protein in my organ meat or my, and, and add, and then add my, my sauerkraut. And then what happens is this. Now that not only sets up your stomach, your small intestine, your large intestine, your microflora, your, your acid base balance, because natural people say this dumb thing all the time. They say, well, uh, cancer can't grow in a basic median. Where do you get that from? I hate all these catchphrases because if your stomach is basic, you're going to end up with cancer in many forms of your body. Okay. There's certain organs that are very acidic and certain organs that are very basic. Now, in general, when you do your, when you do your urine specific pH, it's going to be a little basic. But if your stomach is basic, you're going to have a lot of intestinal problems, including infections, including COVID, because your stomach's main job is not digestion, it's sterilization. Mm. Okay. Just like your skin is very acidic. Why do you think? Because if anything tries to come into your body, it makes it acidic because it breaks the protein down, including SARS-CoV-2. That's why your nose gets red and acidic. Okay. I trust me, I can go on all day on this stuff. Okay. Oh, I, now, I mean, I, I love it. I'm here now, for all this. Now, when, when, you, when you sit there and go through all these those things, now what you do is this. 
now you set up your digestive system, your your enzymatic process, everything to work well. And now if you decide to put a lean meat in, fine. Decide to put, I'm not going to encourage you to, to do a raw vegetable and stuff like that because once again, you're going to have some, this is where the, the doc and, and, and he pushes carnivore pretty high is the fact that there is a lot of, you know, certain nutrients that can be irritated from vegetables. Now, but, but if you set your system up well, it can handle it well. Now, for example, let's say he talks about turmeric. Well, do you understand that turmeric is always, if you look at the history of turmeric, turmeric was always taken from a, from a tea form. Mm. You go back in our history, any herb was always extracted from a tea form. So therefore you lose a lot of those. That's why you'll never see me just have turmeric. I'll take turmeric in an alcohol form and stuff of that through an herbal form that way. And that's why when people just take herbs and grind them, I'm like, those can be irritating to your system just from the phytochemicals. So I will never take an herb that's not in an alcohol extracted form because you will have some of the phytochemicals that the other carnivore people are talking about are irritants that way. See, it's all about that preparation, things like that. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating. Well, and you think about too, depending on the preparation, it will make some of these vitamins and minerals more bioavailable for the body as well. Thank you. It does. And see, that's the thing, because if you just grab a green plant, a lot of times you're just going to make some very, you know, nutrient dense poop and stuff. (laughs) So, um, see, see, that's, that's where we need it. But see, imagine this. I mean, this humbly, but my clinics are only kind of doctors that doctor talk doctor like this. Do you say I'm because you know why? Because it's got to be and on top of it. I'm going to throw a whole monkey wrench in this. If you're like me, how I became a doc in the first place wasn't my wife's story. It was because I have allergies. So therefore, allergies trump everything and stuff. So if I have an allergy to some, quote, healthy food, I can't have it. Um, so, for example, it can be very detrimental to your body. Uh, I can probably prove to you that a chicken egg yolk, which is the most bioavailable um bioavailable protein there is on the planet there is nothing higher than a than a chicken egg yolk okay um and people don't realize the, the do you understand that the the white is the food for the yolk and that's why when people you. eat egg yolks i'm like going, why are you guys eating egg whites that's that's not even you're, you're it's not even really meant for you and there's some irritants sometimes in egg whites okay and it's the yolk that's actually good no like, they don't and you're it's, not getting anything like you might as well at that point just not even eat them at all if you're not gonna have no you're not yolk. you're actually because it can be irritating that's why it's like egg white omelet i'm like um um <laughs> I okay i don't understand what you're doing but that's cool you know what I'm saying i'm like see it, it and but you do is people are so misled on certain things and what happens is so i'm like going okay but here's my point um i am severely allergic to an egg Okay, so I can't have a chicken egg. Now people say, well, doc, we don't like toxins. Why don't you just eat an organic egg? And I said, well, then I'll be organically dead. Okay, because allergies trump everything. Now, I will tell you this. Before I was on this podcast, um, I had my lunch. You know what my lunch was? Three duck eggs. Three duck eggs. Uh, Because once again, it's a very different structured protein. And so I had three duck eggs. Um, I'm going to have a, probably a scoop of, um, now before that, and, and, and Kyle, you want to do me a favor? Yeah. Uh, you want to grab my apple cider vinegar over there? Um, but before I did that, I had a nice shot of apple cider vinegar. Then I had my three duck eggs. I'm probably going to go down after this podcast and, and, um, grab some, just a big old scoop of, um, of, uh, uh fermented sauerkraut. See, my good old apple cider vinegar. Just Bragg's. Once again, I have no ties to, and I have, I have no ties yeah. to these companies. I'm trying to make healthy people. 
And then what happens is for supper, I'm going to have some liver, heart, and kidneys. Now, in the form of actually, um, I love liverwurst, okay? So I get to put some great things there and make it taste good because liverwurst, um, now in the form of, like I said, because I like the Quenzen Q10, the, the real stuff you get from heart. Um, kidneys do not realize, people don't realize kidneys has a certain protein in there that really suppresses people's overactive histamine response. So eating kidney is one of the best allergy medications there are. That's why I'm very big into uh to kidneys itself, okay? For my history. Because I believe I believe right now if I ate a chicken egg, I wouldn't I would I'd probably have some inflammation, but I wouldn't react like I did when I was young and stuff because I've worked on those aspects of reversing those things. Uh but anyways, so just some basic nutritional things that are important. Now on top of it, what I'll end up doing is um then um, so I covered all my nutrient bases and my fat soluble vitamins. And here, I, I, this surprises people because you know what happens? I can tell when a person really health is starting to go down from deficiencies. Um, and this has happened in a younger population even more. Night blindness. Now, not blind. They actually just have a harder time seeing at night. Well, now I know that you're missing your fat soluble vitamin A, your retinol, because your eye needs it so significant. It'd be like, Doc, you're 47 and have amazing eyes and amazing skin and things like that. I'm like, yeah, because... I'm eating the true superfood of the day, which is, once again, putting the organ meats in, which give me all my fat, soluble vitamins, which give you a great regeneration, which give all the great hormone conversions. My testosterone is at 847, which would make the most teenagers envious. Um, what happens is this is, and, and, and the thing about doing those things, um, think of it this way. And I haven't even talked about sometimes you may need a supplement or things like that that you're deficient in. We haven't even talked about that yet because you know why? You can, gain so many things from just a decent lifestyle that you don't even need doctors like me because you're taking care of yourself the right way. And this is not mainstream unless you listen to podcasts like us. Yeah. Well, and that's the problem. I mean, that's literally why I started my podcast because mm-hmm. what we, everything we've talked about today is not very well known. Unless if you are actively seeking out people like you and me and you're listening to these conversations, people don't know this and they're not getting this from their normal doctor. Yep. So most well, people. It, it, oh, yeah. sorry, that's what. That's why. That's why we're sitting in a situation we are. That's why yeah. when people all of a sudden. That's why all of a sudden uh, a virus which comes out, which for example, if you believe it's man-made or not, once again they can man-make them or not. It's still just a protein and a fatty acid. Your body should be able to handle it. You can't handle it if you're weak and immunocompromised. And most people don't realize that there's things that your body needs for your immune system to work great. And what if I told you eating bone marrow would actually make your immune system stronger? That's why, once again, that's why if you look at, you know, having uh, soup soaked in bone, that was common a long time ago. When they cooked a chicken for chicken soup 30 years ago, you didn't throw that, you didn't peel off the chicken. You threw the whole dang chicken in there, including the neck and beak and feet and stuff of that. It soaked overnight. And you, once again, there you go. It goes into a form of a tea, do you know what I'm saying? And bone broth, once again. And you're getting the most bioavailable, easy absorbable things that way. And you're getting bone, you're getting organs, you're eating stomach. I mean, no joke. For for lunch, I took my team out to this wonderful place that actually has organ meat and has tripe, stomach, and intestines in the soup itself, and everything that way. And um, and if we got back to that basic nutritional things, um, a lot of these diseases wouldn't even be evident in most people. Yeah, I mean we we need an overhaul of our diets and education in this country. People have no idea. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people listening today are like, wait, what? I have to eat organ meat. But if you think yeah. of it from and from an ancestral standpoint, that was that was prized back then. That but, was like what we we ate nose to tail. And yep. we should be and going you think back this way. Back. And think this way, people are like, well that's what we did a long time ago. Uh-huh. And that's why when you look today, 
guess what happens? We have so much chronic illness like crazy. I'm like going, my goodness, the, the conditions we have today from when, when I'm 47 and you're 30, 37, correct? Mm-hmm. Do you understand that when you probably graduate college, they called type 2 diabetes adult onset? But because of our current form of healthcare, now I do it. Now let me let me set this up so you guys understand this because I believe um, I love analogies. As you can see, I'm very I work very hard to explain things. So when people may wrestle with some of the things I said today, but they're like, "Dang, it makes sense." Um, and and I'll show you why our concept of healthcare and why what you and I do will never make mainstream uh, healthcare. Because here's why: I always tell people, here's an analogy that will set up everything. Um, I want you to think of this way. I want you to picture that we get done with this podcast and your house catches on fire. Okay, the best professional to handle that situation, you're going to call the fire department. Think about the fire department. They have to get there on time because they don't. Your whole house can burn down. But when they get there, they really only have two tools, an axe and a hose. Now, they're going to knock your windows down. They're going to knock your door down. They're going to start spraying the inside of your house. Now, think about this way. The fire department has been there for about 15 minutes. And what have they done to your house so far? They've actually destroyed it. it. And you stand there grateful. Think about that. You stand there grateful because you're, you're taught that that professional is going to come there, do whatever they can to save the house. But in the process, there is some destruction. Now, let's say they did their job, got there in time, and saved the house. Let me see a question. Think about it this way. Even though the fire department is saying, man, I did, a, I did a really good job, can you move into that house that night? No. Is it toxic? Yes. Can it kill you? Yeah. Sure. So the idea is this. You need another professional to help you, Courtney, to rebuild your house. Now, you're not going to have the fire department to help you with it because they have axe and hoses. Can you rebuild a house with an axe and hose? Nope. Nope. So you're going to call different professional. Who's now the best person to rebuild and take care of the house? A uh, carpenter or construction worker. That's right. Worker. Now, Mayor, let's say the fire department's still there saying, Courtney, I'm good. Oh, I did. Look, it saved your house. And then the carpenter walked in and he's like, in the same house, let's say the fire department, you and still there. He's like, holy crap, this is a mess. I got to rebuild the house. I got to do all these things. I rip out these bad things. I got to bring in these good things to rebuild your house. That's how I have to view healthcare. Mm. Our whole dominant system is based on fires, heart disease, cancer, all these diseases which are preventable. Fires are preventable. There are accidents where lightning hits your house. You can't control it. If you get hit by a car walking outside, I don't care how many organ meats you, you do, you need some drugs or surgery to stay alive. <laughs> exactly. Okay? But the idea is this. Is, but most fires are preventable, but here's what happens to this. Is someone goes and they go to the hospital and save them from a heart attack or they didn't die from cancer. They go, oh my goodness, the doctors are wonderful. Yeah, but let me ask you a question. They have their axe and hoses, their drugs and surgery. Can you make a healthy body from drugs or surgery? No. Nope. You can survive a fire. See, so I am a carpenter doctor. See, so, and I hate to say this, natural medicine, functional medicine, integrated medicine, all of them are just trying to be natural fire departments. And that's why there's an argument. So when I go and speak anywhere, I'll talk about the fire department carpenter. I say, listen, I don't care what you do medically or naturally. It's going to fail eventually because your house is going to rot. See, because what they do is they say, what we're going to do is we're going to stand outside and give you, if you had a heart attack, we're going to give you a baby aspirin, statin drug, blood pressure medication for how long? Forever. Your chance of a heart attack is less, but you're outside your house rots. I was like, if I stood outside your house and sprayed down your house inside out, it's going to rot. So I'm saying, no, 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 listen, let's find out what triggered the fire. Let's find out what your body needs to rebuild, and then let's start doing it. And it's a constant process that way because your body regenerates every day. Do you understand that since we started this podcast, we ended? Do you understand almost a billion cells have actually died and regenerated right now? A billion. And you can't get that from a drug or surgery. You need good nutrients. The sad part is this. I never knew a statin drug was a nutrient. I never knew a high blood pressure medication was a nutrient. Actually, those are anti-nutrients. Do you understand that medications drain your body of nutrients? Do you understand that statin drugs actually lower your coenzyme Q10, which causes heart disease? It's why statin drugs on the boxes causes heart disease. Oh 
God, it's so wild. Because yeah. it depletes your quasi MQ10. But you know how to regenerate a heart? Courtney, you know how to re- regenerate a heart? Eat a heart. Eat, oh, yeah. There you go. I was going to say See, eat, it's, we're going to eat. So but, yeah. That's right. Eat a heart. Do you say you want to regenerate your liver? What you eat? Eat liver. Ladies, mean this sincerely. You want to regenerate your ovaries? Guess what you eat? Ovaries. That's right. And see, wow. so what happens is this. And then there's certain vegetables and certain other foods and fruits that you can do and ferment them to make them extremely healthy because you want to prepare them so nature doesn't take its course and try to beat up your insides just like it does to the bugs and does to the birds and does to the vest. So when people tell you don't eat a vegetable, that they're bullshit, I'm like, well, no, if they're, if they're not prepared right, they can be very irritable and stuff like that. Prepare them right and they can be life-giving. Wow. This has been fascinating. I want to ask you one more question before we sure. go. Um, and it's, it kind of, it goes back again to women's hormones. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on women and exercise? What is your stance? Yep. Cause I know a lot of people are really into high intensity yep. and CrossFit and I believe it's really hard on our bodies and our hormones. Um, let's go here. Okay. If you think of it this way, as I taught you before, um, and I created a graph one time dividing out the female cycle, uh, over, over the course of 20 days in four sections. And there's actually four different zones a woman li- live in. I created the zones and some of that. And what I just trying to show people is that, listen, four times in the month, ladies, your body, both physically and mentally, is different. That's why you can never be mentally stable. It's impossible for a woman to be mentally stable because they're different every week. Okay. And compared to a guy, their hormones don't change that much. So they seem a little bit more even keel. Um, now what happens is this, the physical and mental demands on a woman four times a month is different. And therefore, if you exercise intensely during the wrong time, you can deplete your progesterone. You can, you can increase your cortisone. You can cause major issues. And therefore, guess what happens? You're going to end up sick from exercise. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, and ladies, let me ask you a general question. Day one of your period, and you're supposed to roughly menstruate five to seven days. When women menstruate three to four days, I'm kind of scared because that means they're hormonally deficient. And problems going on that way. But the idea is this, is during that whole um, period, that menstrual cycle that way, uh, listen, ladies, stay active, do not exercise, okay? Because when I say careful and exercise, the women say, Doc said I cannot exercise. No, no, no. We're creatures of movement. Our lymphatic system, our lymph nodes alone are, are actually contracted by movement of our muscles. So movement is key. Don't bring up your heart rate. Don't bring up your heart rate during your menstrual cycle, okay? Don't be hitting intensity because you will actually now drain your hormones. They're already tanked out. Last thing you need to do because now if you exercise during that time, you'll create more hormone deficiencies and your body says, oh my goodness, I'm hormonally deficient. My ovaries aren't producing a lot right now and so neither are my adrenals. So I got to go that last tissue, fat tissue, and women can exercise themselves even fat, okay? Now, if you put yourself in major depletions, your body can deplete that fat. And that's why I see CrossFit women, it scares the hell out of me because they're always hormonally off. And that's why they lose their cycles and actually delay their periods and they're all over the place that way and they have shorter cycles and stuff. And it's very devastating because that's why when people say, well, doc, you know, for young athletes, it's common for them to lose their cycle. Yeah, don't confuse common with normal. Exactly. Because you so don't know, you do not know how to maintain a young lady's hormones. So therefore you end up with major deficiencies. And I don't care how good and healthy your body is or how non-toxic it is. You can't run a car on an empty fuel tank, even if it's a 2022 car. And they're depleting women's hormones. So they go back to their prepubescent years because they drop that low and then they don't cycle because they don't develop endometriosis. The egg doesn't actually develop. Hold our story. But I do this. Now the second week, day roughly seven through 14, ladies, guess what? Hormone levels jump up. Anabolically, you need that. So to push your body even to CrossFit, I'm fine with. The third week is where most women cause more majority of their illness because progesterone now dominates. 
Now your mental stress and your inflammation better be the lowest of it is because you'll drain your progesterone and now progesterone is supposed to maintain all those tissues that developed and if it doesn't, you get sick very quickly. The fourth week is very simple. You can go back to that high intensity and get this. Lo and behold, the times that you are the most sexually driven are actually when your body can actually have the most high intensity. Imagine that. It, it correlates with it. Yeah. I know, it's just basic biology. Yes. See, and that's why, so ladies, guess what? Put some high intensity sex on those two weeks. Great. You're saying the other times, leave it alone. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this is kinda... the Im- importance of leaning in and listening to your body. Yes. Yes. And yeah. see, so I've always taught women, I, uh, here's what happens. And this is if you're a guy listening, you should know your woman's cycle like the back of her hand because she's going to be different each week mentally and she's going to be di- different each week physically. And we talk about that third week of stress. I believe that men are supposed to protect women even from themselves when it comes to their stress because women of today will push themselves too hard and actually which can lead to illness. And guys, I'll appeal to you this way. I love taking care of people, but I will not take care of your wife or none of my clinics will do it for free. So if you don't get your woman to stress out less or cause her less stress or help out that way, just just put me on your payroll because it's going to cost you a lot of money. Now, the reason why I say something like that is because I'm trying to appeal to people as these things are preventable. I don't want you to pay me. I want you to pay the fire department doctors. I want you to pay anybody. I want you to live a very healthy, vibrant life. And these things are preventable and they're under your control. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is amazing. This is so empowering. I love conversations like this because I find it as a woman incredibly empowering Mm -hmm. to know this. And, you. you know, I have such a hard time with this mentality that, um, you know, there's kind of this movement right now for women to really hustle, you know, the boss babe and the hustler and all this stuff. Horrible. Oh, I, I hate it. I hate Sorry, it. Sorry, horrible. It is. Biologically, it doesn't biologically match up. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And see, here's what happens to this. I'm not saying that a woman can't chase her dreams. And I'm not saying that at all. Because once again, I employ hundreds of people. And I can bet you probably 85% of my uh, women are employed are actually women and stuff. And they're great, incredible. But you know what happens to this? I mean this sincerely. We try to keep a very low stress company because I know it does the female hormones. And stuff of like that. And, and we understand these things. And, um, and no joke. I mean, obviously we, we promote what we do on a regular basis as far as health wise. Um, we try to get all of our amazing employees to eat and do all the things that are possible for them that way because they can have that control. But the idea is this. If you're putting such huge drives on a woman, it's, I'm telling you right now, ladies, it's going to lead to some health problems. It's, I see it every day. You know, I mean this sincerely. Um, just trying to keep up with the Joneses and run your kids to four different sports. I mean this very humbly and very nicely. Your kids are not that good at sports and 99% and 99.92% of them are not going to make it in the pro sports. Sorry if your kid can throw a basketball every once in a while or throw a baseball. Guess what happens? All these kids and, old, and running the kids everywhere and stuff like that just leads to actually uh, usually a dad that actually trying to live vicariously through their kids. Knock it off. You're making people sick. Yeah. And I said, everybody loved that until I said that. So, you know. <laughs> no. but I see it. But remember, my job as a doc is to avoid these, to avoid these stressors. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say, like, this goes back to what I was saying earlier with the hustle mentality. I, I'm not saying that women can't have their own businesses and they can't work okay. amazing careers and follow their dreams, like you were saying. But what yep. we need to do is we need to learn what you and I just talked about in this podcast. Yep. Women need to know how we operate so that we can use that to our advantage and yep. use that in our businesses and in our work and whatever it is. And it just means yep. that we have to do it differently than men. It doesn't mean that we're inferior and that men are superior nope. and that we can't follow our dreams. It, it just like that. means that we have to do it differently. Well, 
And let me give you let me give you a scenario because that's when that's when people think because that's what they want to spin it as. They want to spin it as something like culturally. You say, no, no, no. Let's go back to this. I have four daughters. Guess what happens? All four of my daughters are top level athletes. Okay. Um, but here's what happens. I want to think of this way. Do you know why they don't lose their cycles and they don't they don't delay or skip their periods that way like a lot of their friends do? Is because me as their dad knows how to teach them to take care of their body so there are no deficiencies. So ladies, you can push hard, but you better know how to fuel your body because if you don't, it's going to run out. And that's what we're saying. So idea is this, is I want you to pursue your dreams. You can work 12 hours a day. You just better have the fuel for your body and the things it needs so it doesn't deplete because when a man depletes, what's the worst that can happen to us? We lose a little sex drive. We lose a little muscle tissue and things like that. When you do it, it's dramatic. And that's the difference. And that's why women have to actually, it's, it's sad, but it's also fascinating. Women have to always take care of themselves 10 times better than men. It's not fair. It really isn't. I'm a man saying this, okay? But I want you to think about this. That's why, ladies, you're, you guys will listen to podcasts like this, and you'll take me and Courtney's advice, and you'll both stop sugar, okay? Yes. You will lose about one to two pounds. Your husband will lose about 20. I know it's not fair. Do you see him, Sam? Because of the physiology and biochemistry behind it. And I've even said, Doc, it's just not fair. I actually lost two pounds and he lost 20. What the heck? I'm like, yes, because of how our bodies are biologically different that way. Now, we, it takes more time with you and stuff like that. And that's the point where I'm trying to tell you. When women deplete, it takes much more, di- uh, much more of a path to get back than it does with men. I know it's not fair, ladies. And I'm a guy saying this. I think I'm the only guy out there preaching this stuff going, Guys, don't add to their stress. Be a helper to a woman instead yeah. of that. So, and helper does not mean they're weak. It's just that we don't bleed every month and we don't have all these things going on. So, therefore, it's much easier for us. Much easier for us. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, now I just gave the women. Now, now that now the women like me more now. So exactly, we brought them back around. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, is there anything that we have not covered today that you think is really important in regards to anything we talked about today? Um. Boy, we did cover an array of topics. Um, I know, it's great. I beg, I, I beg women of one thing. I do beg women of this. This is the only thing I have. You know, people always, when I get interviewed on podcasts, they say, Doc, do you have anything to sell? No. No, because you know why? There's no two people are the same. And the one thing I'm going to beg every woman and every guy to do is get tested. Get tested. And that you don't need a doctor even tested. There's great doctors that do it. But the idea is this, is because without testing, ladies, you could be developing breast cancer. You have certain levels that are off. They're affecting you psychologically. They could be affecting you physically. And without testing, everything's a guess. Don't throw a natural supplement in. Don't throw a medical thing in. Don't throw a pill. Don't throw these things in there. What you need to do is you, I beg of you guys to get prop, properly tested and guide each one of you guys to actually help you figure out what your body needs or what you're deficient in or what you're toxic in, what you may need for foods, what you may not need for foods, things like that. And man, you can be 47 years old and go 100 miles an hour every single day if it's done right. Yeah, it's great advice. So, what tests would you would you say people ask for? Off oh, as a woman, I'm sorry, I just want to see their hormones right away, and so that takes two tests right away. And I'll send you the blood work. I think women should do that way. Once again, you can yeah. walk into any lab, you can give it to the doctor, you can do anything you want. Go get the Dutch test that way. You can buy one online. You can go to the Wells way. You can go to my website. It doesn't matter. Uh, you can do anything you want with that way. And then the one thing is this, and then learn about them. Because when you learn about them, now you know how to take care of them. See, the term doctor actually was Latin for teacher. So that's what I do. 
I teach like crazy. And I built, I built an amazing company, um, just teaching people how to take care of themselves. The sad part is, is daily, daily all across the United States and Europe where we have offices and stuff like that, even Hawaii, guess what happens? It doesn't matter where I go and speak. I just, I actually just booked a, a, a talk in Ireland. Um, my, my team did for me to go speak on July 20th. I had to go speak in Nigeria and Africa, uh, coming up in August. I speak all over and you know what happens to this? You know, it's universal across all the United States and Europe and other countries is there sick people everywhere because the thinking is wrong. It really is. Yeah. It's dramatically wrong. So podcasts like this and Courtney, I can't tell you, um, you got an amazing podcast bringing good information Thank there. You. I can't wait to put this up on, on my show. Cause I actually, we, we get millions of hits on our stuff that way. So I'm excited to actually bring in people see your stuff too, because it's people like us that are going to really just contribute to people's lives just to make it better and stuff like that. And, and, um, I think that's where we got to start is get, giving people good information. Yeah, I agree. Couldn't agree more. So I have, well, I have two questions for you left. Sure. Um, one that I ask all my guests. So what are your personal health non-negotiables? These are, these are things that you prioritize for your own health, no matter how crazy and busy your day is. It could be lifestyle, diet. Yep. Yeah. It's, 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 I can tell you right now, um, number one is once again, because obviously I have an international company. I have a wife and four beautiful daughters. I have, um, just want to accomplish certain things. And I know it's simple. I use analogy. I'm just a high speed car that needs fuel. Okay. So I'm going to make sure that I have everything I need daily. Okay. So guys, listen, it's not a joke. I'm sorry. I cannot go a day without eating an organ meat. I can't go a day without my vinegar. I can't go a day without my, my, um, sauerkraut that way because there are, there's more foods than that that I put in my system. So it just people want to talk about some general things that way. Okay. Um, number, number two, it's all about mental preparation. Um, psychological health is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when I start my day off, I get up in the morning. Um, no, it's just me. I'm just a person of faith. Uh, I believe in Jesus. That's me. Remember, I don't want to offend anybody that way. Uh, I'm just thankful that God gave me an opportunity. So right away, I'm very grateful every day when I get up. So I get my mental health because ladies, no joke, mental health is so important. So important. It's important for guys too, because, um, mental health can affect a, a guy's digestive system, not their hormonal system. So it's important for guys to do that. Um, so there's, there's a mental aspect. There's a physical aspect. So I take care of those right away. And there's also this too. Um, a non-negotiable for me is there's nothing in this world that you can do alone. I'm sorry. This independence, strong man, strong woman bullshit. Sorry. I had to say it, but it's, it's ridiculous. Um, you ever see, you know, you ever see a strong leader? Uh, look at the team that's with him. You ever see a, um, a person? Sorry. You're always better with other people. So I have a rule that every day that I invest in somebody, um, and because once again, you want to accomplish anything good in this world that takes other people. You can't do it by yourself. Um, remember, if you ever get to the top of a mountain and you're by yourself, you're a hiker, you're not a leader. Uh, a person will do that. So I have a rule to invest in people every single day. Um, that makes their life better. makes my life better because I'm going to be selfish. I need you and you need me. You understand? Um, sleep is number four. Uh, people do not realize how important it is. Um, sleep is by far... Um, our best antioxidant, no matter if anybody's said this on the podcast, is not glutathione. It's actually melatonin. Mm-hmm. And melatonin actually is the greatest, if you want to look at it. All cancers start within the mitochondria. It's not glutathione that repairs your mitochondria. It's actually melatonin. Sleep is by far important. Ladies, you need 8 to 10 hours. You better be in bed between 9 and 10 p.m. If you're later, you're going to throw off your whole circadian rhythm. And then number five is non-negotiable is light. Okay. 
I, you need sun because number one, sun is actually the biggest producer of infrared, which is actually also good for your melatonin. So what happens is you should be grounding. You should be getting up in the morning, put your feet on the ground. I don't, I live in the Midwest, but if you look at the sun, you get that melatonin uh, suppression a little bit during for your pineal gland, but then you can get, get the infrared, which actually takes care of your, your mitochondria melatonin, which helps it that way. So those are five negotiables that are non-negotiable for me every single day. I love that. It was great. Those are very similar to mine as well. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, so, where can everyone find you? It's simple. It's just thewellnessway.com. I've got thousands of videos on there. Um, like I said, as you know, I'm in my studio. Uh, we put all a ton of information and stuff of like that on a, on a daily basis. Um, and I actually, it's kind of funny. You used to be able to see me on Facebook and things like that, but they wiped me off because obviously I must say something that's, you know, Non is conflicting that way, so I get oh. I get uh, censored a lot, but that's okay. TheWellnessWay.com. I have a show on Saturday to, to where I actually get um, it's broadcast all over the world. It's pretty awesome, and we actually have. Um, um, and what I do is just like this. I put this out more in a teaching format. I put this out in something. Um, um, yeah, it's kind of great, and um, so we can actually now allow people to actually make choices. And the one thing that I'm very uh, key about. Um, you're not going to see me talk about a lot of different product stuff that way because I don't believe that all products um, um, exist to somebody because I can show you a lab. I can show you a lab to where dim would be very good for somebody and very bad for someone else just based on a lab. So it's hard for me to generally talk about certain products or certain food things I'll generally talk about that way. But you even say if I was allergic to an apple, if I was allergic to an apple, I would not have apple cider vinegar because allergies which um, trump everything. Um, but once again, those are very diagnostic and those are very something that can be done with everybody. So yeah, so I'm, I'm, uh, just go to wellnessway.com and, and once again, I'm very proud of the information that we put out there with a the non-selling thing that way. But I do beg everybody, and I'll be very clear on this. I do beg everybody to get tested from, from what foods are good for you. If you have some infections, as their stool tests or all things you could do that way. Um, now that, that, that's gotta be made by appropriate person taking care that way. But, um, there are some standard things I believe people should be tested for. They, even my children, to this day, my girls start getting hormone tests before they're even cyclic that way. And that's why they don't, they don't understand what PMS is or all those things are. And I have two cyclic daughters. I have a 18 year old, a 15 year old, a 12 year old, and a third, or an eight year old. Um, like I said, so my 15 year old just got her cycle. Once again, she doesn't understand PMS. She doesn't understand hormonal problems like her friends do because she was taken care of way before she even got her cycle and led to actually a normal, normal menstrual cycle. So it's like my 18 year old. Yeah, I mean, that's what women need to know. We need to know how to yep. actually support our bodies so that we can yep. have a normal cycle. We don't have to yep. go through all the PMS and the cramping and everything. Yep. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, thank you so yes. much for today. This was such an amazing conversation. Well, thank you. It was a great having you, and I'm very proud. I just want to tell you before we go, I get to I get interviewed by a lot of people. I can honestly tell you that your podcast and the stuff that you bring up and what you know, um, you're light years ahead than most people out there teaching health. So um, and if you look at my interviews, I don't say that very much at all and Thank stuff like that. You. So to see your stuff, um, and I'm very, very sh- excited to share it on my big platform that way because um, keep on keep on telling people it's right because it's, it's been very enjoyable today. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. If you liked this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let me know. This is a resident media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McCone. The theme song is called Heaven by the amazing singer Georgie, spelled with a J. Love you guys so much. See you next week. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and doesn't constitute a provider-patient relationship. I am a nutritionist, but I am not your nutritionist. As always, talk to your doctor or your health team first.